Blue wire. Sarah, you look nice. Really? I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> you live such a charmed life. What is a nap? Can you, expl- can you explain to me what a nap is? It's not charmed, man. I also flew back from Dallas today and have barely slept in the last four days. So, <sighs> Dallas, uh, not my favorite city. I don't think it's anyone's. Um, you want to talk some jazz? I guess. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then the music. And then the intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host Greg Foster. Greg, basketball is upon us. Basketball's back, and in the spirit of basketball, I'm feeling a bit like Eric Bledsoe today. Like meaning, you, you left Phoenix? <laughs> no, meaning uh, I, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Not that exactly. I don't want to be here with you. I'll, I'll just simply explain it for the listener. I have been inside much like all of us for the past like year and a half. I've spent an inordinate amount of time indoors. And I don't know if anyone here has seen just how gorgeous it is in Utah right now. Also, mm. it seems like the smog has kind of cleared out of the valley for the first time in like six months, you know, because mm. we, we, we've got, we went directly from like inversion to uh, smoke, hellscape, fire world. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. It's, I it's It's so nice. And I just want to be outside because we've got like, I don't know, three weeks left before it's like freeze my dick off cold. Actually, I really like it when it's that cold. Maybe it's because well, you maybe... have a dark heart. You, you, you are cold blooded. I was going to say, it's because you got I, don't, ice, I don't have a d- ice in your veins. <laughs> I got off the, the plane today from Dallas. And so I came from Texas and then got off to this weather and yeehaw that, that is, a, mm. that's gotta be a pretty stark stepped contrast. out quite quite the upgrade stepped out of the of the airport in salt lake city wearing like pants and sandals and a light sweater and was like oh my uh, god it's perfect yes <laughs> oh my god look uh, when you around. Can, when you i mean who can beat the dynamic duo of the cardigan and the birkenstocks that's it's literally my favorite outfit and that's why i love the bay area so much because it is consistently always birkenstocks and sweater weather i feel like you were the dude from big lebowski i hate that movie by the way how what the (laughs) is wrong with you it's a movie that i've seen first of all second of all i really don't like that movie it's weird it's good though the most hippie thing about me is that I wear Birkenstocks. Everything, I detest a hippie. I don't know, man. Your boyfriend drives a Subaru. I drive a Subaru. Oh, you drive a Subaru. Yeah, yeah sorry. No, that is not the most hippie thing. Birkenstocks and Subaru, that is the Batman and Robin of hippieism. It's more like suburban mom than anything. Fine. <laughs> you get a golden retriever. And... I, uh, yeah, have one. <laughs> The defense rests, Your Honor. <laughs> you know, all right. 
Back to basketball. Basketball. Knew- Let's talk basketball because it's back and we're excited about that. Because when we are indoors, it should here, be for basketball. We are watching basketball. You know, the reason that I know that basketball is really back is because when I woke up from my nap, it was I had a dream where I was out, I was at like an outdoor Halloween party, a la like second year of college. There was there were kegs. You know, oh, let's go. Yeah, I, but, I love it. I love a keg. All of the guests were like basketball executives. <laughs> and just they, got Daryl Morey in the corner, just like double fisting. Yeah. And like everyone, everyone was mad at me. And Justin Zanuck, who, by the way, in my dream, was dressed as a high school football player. Like what we're just imagining, I'm imagining Sam Presti and he's just hoarding. He's got like 48 beers just to himself. He's playing Edward 40 hands. (laughs) Yeah, but no. And then he's just getting everybody else's beers. Yeah. Um, And they were, Justin Zanuck told me that everyone was mad at me because I had dissed them. (laughs) (laughs) Because some weird dreams that's, that's how i know that like basketball is here because i've gone from like my normal life to now everything is basketball even when i sleep <laughs> let's go ball ball really is life ball really is life <laughs> we've had two preseason games one that <laughs> jazz fans couldn't watch yeah tell me about it I, i'd <laughs> love to hear your thoughts because you know i was stuck at, at home in, indoors again In not Salt able to watch the game that was a really a really big disservice to the fans and a huge mistake to not have that game available we can put a rover on (laughs) mars yeah millions of miles away (laughs) we can launch drone strikes in this country with an xbox And we can't stream a preseason basketball game? Yeah, it's really bad. It's not a good look. I'm, yeah. I don't even know what to say at this point. It's, it was seriously just, we're going to put that behind us. We're going to hope that something like that doesn't happen again. And the thing is, is like for even, even for people who, how can I say this decently, who look for, look, to alternative ways of streaming games couldn't yes. even find a stream no which is nearly unheard of yeah like usually you can at least like i don't know find some sort of thing with like somebody streaming the game on periscope right if needs you know if you, you can scour the, the if most you scour bootleg version <laughs> if you scour reddit enough you got somebody on like ig live <laughs> watching the game watching the game that's actually what that's what twitter spaces yeah twitch Twitch is that literally is yeah yeah so yeah hopefully they i mean what the guys it's preseason so like yeah i could tell you about the game but like who really cares we'll hit the we'll hit the high notes for both of the games what the else am i gonna watch i know early october i don't care about baseball no I don't, as, as much as I enjoy watching the Yankees lose, I don't care about baseball. Well, you were supposed to watch the Jazz game. We have the coolest player in the NBA on my favorite team. 
Jordan Clarkson. And I could not watch that man. I saw the highlights. Yeah. He made a great shot. I would have loved to be able to watch that live. Yeah. That would have, I, you know, I would have yelped. <laughs> I lost my opportunity to Yelp. And yeah. you know what? I might just go on Yelp and leave a review for the Utah <laughs> Jazz broadcast team saying oh, no. they're bad. One star. Not the broadcast team. It's not their fault. They were no, there. Not, no, the logistic team. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. No, it's I Holly Thurl. Thurl was my AAU coach. I love the man to death. Craig Bolajack, one of the sweetest people I've ever worked with. I love them so much. Yeah, it's not their fault. Um, but Up, update on the egregious. Holly Rowe front. Yes, let me know. It is actually to this point undecided exactly how they're going to manage things. Interesting. From what I've heard from people in the know, Holly might be doing like some analyst stuff, like in the vein of a sideline reporter, where like she might do her stand ups from there. Right. But she's going to have basically uh, like an open mic throughout the broadcast. She'll be able to like chime in whenever she oh, wants. Sometimes sometime she might be in the booth. Sometimes she might come in with some stats or info that she has on somebody. It's going to be much different than having a sideline reporter. It's going, she's coming in as an analyst. Yeah. Let her be like the Doris Burke of the Utah Jazz. And the game on Monday against the Pelicans will be Holly's first on the broadcast. I'm so excited. Yeah, because she's been doing uh, WNBA, WNBA stuff. stuff. Yeah. So really looking forward to that, looking forward to meeting Holly, looking forward to everything that comes along with it. Uh, yes. the, first, the first preseason game against the San Antonio Spurs, not super great. There were there were some bright spots from, from what I read, because again, you know, I couldn't watch. Yeah, there were bright spots, but it's like I... I take like almost zero stock in the first preseason game when it comes to guys like Donovan, sure. Mike, like any of those guys, it's like, we already know they're going to be fine. So like if they miss shots or like miss a read or something, I'm, I'm not like, oh no, they're rusty. No. Like, I don't care. Right. A few things that I did notice that then carried into the second game against Dallas. Uh-huh. Doke does not look great. Yeah, I think, again, you know, we said it earlier on the pod, you can't take a lot of stock in Summer League. Right. Doke looked awesome in Summer League. He Amazing. looked like a man against boys. And rightfully so. He is the biggest person ever. Yeah. He's like mutantly large. Yep. Uh, watching some of that, the, the second game, it was pretty disconcerting how often he looked lost he's, on both sides of the ball right like he's he, out of it, position so much like he didn't know where he needed to be his his instincts didn't seem like all that crisp and i know like we as jazz fans are very spoiled when it comes to uh centers and you know where they're supposed to be on defense like rudy gobert is quite literally the best in the world right at positioning and he's just he's got great instincts whether it's it's being in the right place to just like not even block a shot but just disrupt a pass disrupt a driving lane and doke look lost and like yeah. that's 
he looked like he had never played in an NBA game before. And that's really disconcerting seeing that he has now a year under his belt. He's still young and there, you know, there's plenty of time to write the ship, but I don't think he looked like an NBA player in that Mavericks game. Yeah. I'll if push, we're being completely honest. I'll push back just a little bit, just on the fact that like he's had a year under his belt because he was injured for so much of it. And then, Fair, but you still like, you're still, like, it wasn't, he's still in the facility and watching tape and like, yeah, getting he, coached, but he's not getting reps. And so like sure. some of the, like That's being fair. out of position on offense, especially you could, you could blame that on reps and think maybe he'll get better if he gets on the court more and actually plays with these guys more. Sure. I think that's, I think that's totally fair. But it, I mean, I mean, even when he was playing with Donovan though, like Donovan had to like point and say where to go. For yeah. Him. It also was a little disconcerting from what I've, what I've read and what I've gathered from that Spurs game is that, um, you know, going, making that jump from summer league to actually playing against like legitimate NBA players that he like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've, again, what I've gathered is that he didn't match the Spurs players physicality. Yeah, he was. And like seemed very timid. There's this one thing, there's this thing that like all, almost all NBA players do, especially smaller ones, but even larger guys too is, you know, they, Utah will be familiar with, you know, pushing off to create space and you could do that. Pushing off to create space is okay. And a lot of guys, when they go, when they're going up, up against like a bigger post player, they'll kind of use their shoulder and like their elbow a little bit to like push off when they're going down yeah. into the post, they just need a little bit of space. And Doke does this thing where when someone pushes on him to create space, he automatically mm -hmm. leans and puts his hands up which just put it puts you in foul position yeah immediately and it's just it's it's such a a, a rookie mistake you know yeah it's it's a bad habit yeah and you know we know that Doak loves to block shots and he loves to dunk and he can't dunk everything and he can't block every shot and it seems like that's what he was still trying to do and that's fine in summer league but not in the, not in the big league. No. Yeah. I was reading your article, your recap, and you, you mentioned that in that, yeah, he's very big. He's very good at dunking. He dunks everything, but he seems to call for that lob every time he rolls to the hoop. Yeah. Rather than being in the right spot on offense to make like a quick pick, like a high pick. Uh-huh. He's already under the basket expecting a lob. And so like, yeah. that's that you should you should rather than do that on every play, you should expect to be making that high pick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, one of the bright spots of these two games, and I think something that, that Doe can rely on is like Butler and Trent Forrest and and Elijah Hughes, like they're gonna get him the ball. They're totally willing to make the pass. I mean, it's easier to get that lob if you set a good. If you're pick. setting a good screen, look, look at who the guy starting in front of you is. Yeah, he sets the best picks in the league, and it's also a huge reason why he leads the league year in and year out in dunks. Yeah. Yep. So that was that was one thing that really stood out. Uh, another thing that really stood out was that Elijah Hughes. He looks like he's not making huge progress but he's making progress, progress which yeah. is good to see from him. 
and I mean, cause he's a guy on guaranteed money. So yep. he looks like he's making smarter reads, smarter perimeter passes. He's shading to the corner faster. He's willing to take the shot. So those are all good things. He looks better on defense a little bit. Those are good things. The biggest thing though, that came out of either of these games is that we got to see Jared Butler play basketball and he actually looks pretty good. (laughs) He looks for a rookie we've never seen before. Yeah. He looks better than just like good. The kid has a very natural feel for the, for the ball. I got really excited. If you, I, 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 it's somewhere on my timeline. If you guys want to go scroll that, um, he made, he has this like Tim Hardaway esque crossover. Very good goes, handle. He go, he goes right to left and then left to right really quick. It's just this like bing bang real quick. And there was a play that somebody, somebody had made. I think it was like a Facebook live thing that like the jazz were streaming their, their oh, right. scrimmage. They, they, they had their like open practice. It was via zoom. So everyone could watch them scrimmage. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of those, like, you know, you get the big eyes emoji on the play. Um, he crossed over Mike Conley. And he then, froze Mike Conley. Does that, does that quick, that bing, bang, super fast, super shifty crossover goes into the paint and finishes a high floater over Gobert. Yeah. That was kind of one of those, like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's a big time move. He did it again last night too. He got Porzingis on a, and an ISO and did that same crossover. Totally froze Porzingis bang, easy layup. Like, honestly, it's more impressive. It totally is, (laughs) but like, that's a special move. And like, he just, he has a supernatural feel in the pick and roll He's a good defender. He moves his feet really well. He's a good shooter. I'm surprised at how well he shot the other night. He's a great shooter. You know, I'm not obviously ready to like crown him or anything, but if you're a jazz fan, you've got to be excited about what you saw. Right. Well, and we can temper expectations by saying like he, he's a rookie. There are things that he clearly needs to get better at. He's got a tendency to drive right into traffic sometimes. Yes. And And he tries to finish through like three guys at the rim and that's not going to work. Donovan pointed out that that's one of the things that like Donovan and Mike were working with him on is like widening that drive and kind of going up with a, a wide arm. What's up? It's it's also it's also what Donovan used to do in his rookie year. A lot. Exactly. Donovan said that he's like, I used to have that, too. And you got to learn how to, like, widen the drive a little bit and kind of finish over guys with sort of a scooping layup rather and, than just going straight up into them. Right. And there are a few people who do that better than Donovan Mitchell. Exactly. Going in through the trees. And he's so crafty and he's so good at, like, creating that little bit of space. Jordan Clarkson as well. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson's incredibly good at just making that tiny little bit of space. He has that beautiful move where he'll drive really hard into the paint, do a quick little jump stop, and then quickly do a fadeaway from there. Yeah. And it's just that little bit of space is all he needs. And I think that working with Mike and Donovan and Jordan is going to pay huge dividends for him. It absolutely is. And Quinn Snyder is also made it pretty clear that it is going to be difficult to crack this rotation. Yep. He has made no bones about that. 
which is it's fine. It's fine. We'll see how it all lays out. Yep. But there will be opportunities for Jared Butler to play this year purely based on the first two preseason games because yeah. that is a that's a good player. He's obviously a lottery level talent and yes. he does a lot of things that are just are wise beyond his basketball experience. Like there were his IQ for a rookie, especially a rookie going into high. his rookie season, like no real NBA experience, very high and very impressive. He did a couple of times that search dribble that Mike Conley does yes. in the pick and roll. And I was like, man, if he's doing that in a second preseason game, imagine yeah. what else he can pick up from a guy like Mike Conley. He did the exact Mike Conley move too. Um, in in one highlight I saw against the Mavericks where like, yeah, he comes off the pick and roll, does that quick little search dribble, gets the guy on his hip and quickly does a quick step and does the floater over the big, creates yeah. that little bit of space, gets it over. And like, I remember seeing that. It was like, that's that's not a move that a typical rookie going into his rookie season makes that's it's just it's little things like that where you really see the potential and if you're a jazz fan again you really have to be excited yeah and again we put no expectations on the guy because he is a rookie here's going to be a lot that he has to learn yeah these are just preseason games and he's he he is young he's going to have to work on his body you know He's got a small frame, so it makes me wonder actually right. like how much weight he can put on. Um, but he has to get stronger. We've seen undersized guys get stronger. You see it up and down the NBA when people are considered undersized and they get stronger and they craft Steph Curry. You know, you know what I'm thinking? Jared Butler needs to become a dad. <laughs> we, all, we all saw what happened. When Fred Van, Van or Fred Van Vliet became a father, yeah, I lost a tooth. <laughs> Not only, but yeah, but like you, that that baby comes out, and if you're the father, like you automatically gain dad strength. Yep. It's a real thing. I can attest to it. I'm not. I, no, I'm not going to jump on the. I'm not going to like push the bandwagon for Jared Butler <laughs> to become a dad at 20. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be that person. Dad strength. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying it doesn't have to necessarily be this year. <laughs> now I'm choking. <laughs> look, what look, look what happened to Giannis. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Where's Jason Tatum's dad strength? That's what I want to know. Jason Tatum hasn't grown know. wider. He just keeps getting taller every time. He's like Anthony Davis's size now. He, he keeps getting taller and younger somehow. Yeah. His beard connects now. That's strange. <laughs> as far as news goes, <laughs> there, you guys, there was a scandal. An absolute injustice. The dumbest <laughs> thing imaginable. Greg, you want to take us through this? I mean, I, I guess. I think that you probably have a better handle on it than I do. It, it, it seems like a bunch do. of players were, like, running a scam to try to get, like, health care money. It's unclear to me if they were all working together 
or if it was just like they were all kind of doing the same thing. That's yeah. unclear to me at this point. We don't know if it's a conspiracy or not. But like there were a few of them that were charged with conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of players, uh, it's 18 federal indictments on fraud because they were submitting false reports to the NBA's like healthcare plan, basically for like retired players. Yeah like dentists and doctors bills that were fraudulent and then just keeping the money when they got kicked back <laughs> like across, here's the, here's across the 18 thing. it's not even that much either it's like across 18 former nba players we're talking about a smidge under four million dollars yeah so it basically boils down to like if it, if it's everyone got an equal cut we're talking a little over like 200k which is like not a uh like a number to like scoff at no i would love 200k that would that would do well that would be life-changing money for me absolutely um but in the grand scheme of things probably not worth uh going to jail for the thing that's the funniest though is that like a big reason why these players got caught is they arrested uh, and they they got arrested for submitting false root canal procedures (laughs) on the same teeth on the same day at the same location like come on guys you you every single one of you players went to high school and college the number one rule is you don't copy the homework word for word you got to change a few things you got to get a few things wrong and if you're out of <laughs> out of, outside of the classroom in high school if you're going to skip school you guys got to tell each other's parents a different place. Everyone can't go to the same place. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, you got to work this <laughs> out. Come on. Like, have none of you seen like a single crime movie? Uh, this is like, this is like a low level scam that like one of like Tony Soprano's underlings would run. And then they like eventually get whacked because they get raided by the FBI. You know, like, it's just like. It's like wet bandit. What are you talking about? Like home alone. So weird. Home alone ass scandal. It's so weird. I like, yeah. When the news came out, I was like, (laughs) really? It's laughable more than anything. And like, Like, I'm, I'm not condoning anything they did. Like, I'm just imagining some of these players like taking notes and just saying like, yeah, yeah, boss. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, I haven't finished The Sopranos, but there's that one storyline where like, uh, it's like a nephew or a cousin or something like that. And he wanted, he really wanted to be an actor and then write scripts. And so he's like, starts writing scripts literally about the family. Yeah. It's, it's Christopher Moltisanti. Right. And it's like, don't, don't do that. You should be smart enough to know not to do that. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing when the movie does come out and like Carmela Wait, gets no upset. Spoilies. It's the show's been out for 20 years. I know. I know. Sorry, not sorry. We're not doing we can do spoilers on the Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> we are months away from the year of our Lord 2022. I haven't finished the Sopranos yet. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna happen. It's a great show. It's gonna happen. One of my favorites, probably my favorite of all time. What I'm really excited about this season. Yes. I'm excited about for the next couple of games. And this is probably going to sound bad, but 
Quinn Snyder rested Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles in the first preseason game. I'm fully on board with that. Hell yes. Quinn Snyder rested seven rotational players in the second preseason game. I love it. We love fully on board with that. If Quinn Snyder were to continue to rest some of these guys through the entirety of the preseason, I would not bat an eye at that decision. The fact that he's willing to do it through the first two, I support that decision. And it makes me think that like we were hoping that better care will be taken of these players through the season. Mm -hmm. I'm going to snowball off of that because I saw something in the game against the Mavericks that should have jazz fans very excited. Give it to me. What is the one thing we continue to harp on at our, during our end of season eulogy, the lack of versatility, the small ball. Yeah. Um, what I saw last night was promising in regards to the small ball lineup, you know, and having Eric Pascal as a five, you know, Eric, not, not a great shooter, a willing shooter. And I'll give him that, but versatile moves his feet, you know, is a good defender. And I saw a jazz team for the first time, maybe in my life, switching everything one through five, one through five. And to be able to have that versatility, I think it's going to probably take a minute. But again, I trust Quinn. And it seems like Quinn's got a bunch of new uh, chess pieces on his board that he gets to play with, with this with this roster. I would, again, urge fans to uh, employ a bit of patience, especially Definitely. when it comes to guys like, like Rudy, Rudy Gay coming off surgery. I think it's going to take him a minute. Um, much like as a bouquet, uh, I thought Whiteside looked a little out of sorts when he was in as well and a little confused. And I think it's going to take some time to get him up to speed. You know, Quinn's got a complex system. It's not surprising to me. That it's going <laughs> to no. take Hassan a little bit. We've seen that with a bunch of players. We've seen players who haven't worked out with, like, yeah. you know, and, and like proven players who have made impacts, like, and then like, again, uh, we can, we can hearken back to Ricky Rubio and Mike Conley. It takes a minute to learn this system. So I'm not all, all that surprised what I don't want to see. I know it's going to happen, but I don't want to see it. Jazz fans are going to lose that patience really quickly. Oh, Hassan's out of position again. Oh, he only goes for blocks. Yeah. If we're a month into you gotta hold your horses. Yeah. If we're a month into the season and and people are already upset about that stuff, you gotta give it longer than that. Yeah. And again, I understand that we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to defensive prowess, and we have who was likely the best defender in the in the world on yeah. this team like a generational defender a hall of fame uh trajectory type player hassan whiteside isn't that yeah rudy gay is not that eric pascal is not that uh, i think that they um provide some new wrinkles but again yeah let's give us some time to to acclimate like just think about it from the perspective of yourself you start a new job, right? Every single company has nuances and different processes, different different equipment, different 
software, different programs. Like it's the same thing when it comes to NBA players too. New system, new way of doing things, new way of communicating, new players that you have to like build that camaraderie and that trust and that chemistry. So there's a learning curve regardless. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, thinking about it with, it actually might be very good for the jazz that Rudy Gay is going to be out for a few weeks because if, if they put Rudy Gay in at small ball five, he's definitely going to know what he's doing. Yep. But anytime that they're going to use that while Rudy Gay is still recovering, they're going to go to Eric Paschal. And so getting him up to that kind of speed is very good for the long-term versatility of the team when it look when you're looking towards the end of the season. If you've got two guys that you can plug into that spot whenever you need to, it's that's good. That's good news. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that the next two preseason games against the Pelicans and the Bucks are going to be interesting, not just for what we're going to see from the young guys, how we're going to see rest used how we're gonna if we're gonna see the small ball look again you know it's the jazz aren't trying to like win preseason games i mean they're not trying to lose them right but it's not like they're going out and they're like we must win these preseason games they're going out and they're like we must retool and refine the things that we're trying to go into the regular season Mm -hmm. with and i love that i love that look yeah i love that that quinn is taking this time to figure things out I mean, we're at the point with this team where we know what certain guys are going to do. We know Jordan Clarkson is always going to be incredibly handsome <laughs> while getting buckets. Yeah. We know what Donovan Mitchell does. We know what Mike Conley does. We know what Rudy Gobert does. And that's part of the like mindset of if it's not broken, don't fix it. Absolutely. There are a few things that were exposed last year that are a bit broken. And it seems to me that Quinn has addressed those things and is doing what he can to fix it, you know, adding, adding, adding depth to the lineup and now being more versatile with the switching and like giving younger guys and and end of rotation guys. Like it was cool. I thought that me, Oni at times looked really good against the Mavericks. Uh, That was a nice sign again, like, Trent Forrest and Jared Butler and Elijah Hughes and these other end of bench guys, like getting all of this time and getting these reps is like, that's invaluable stuff. And that those are the, the, the folks that need to be focused on when it comes to the preseason. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of other things to talk about. There's going to be a lot of questions and concerns that we have, like as the season goes along, sure. as, as far as two preseason games go, I, I like what the jazz are doing and there are promising things that we have seen. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of, a lot of complaints. If I, you know, if I thought the doke was going to play big minutes, I'd be a little more concerned. Yeah. But he's going to, again, he's going to be in the G league and I'm not all that worried about it. Yeah. But again, I just implore jazz fans to practice patience. patience. Yeah. Practice I know it's patience. hard. I am like a bit of a hypocrite because I am the least patient person in the world, <laughs> yeah. but we're going to do this together. 
it's going to be a namaste moment watching the preseason. You guys, we're going to come back and go over the the next two preseason games. So we'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Hey. <laughs> do all the things. You know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download, follow us, follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. Follow me at NBA Sarah. Send us an email with your questions at unsalvageablepod at gmail.com. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we mentioned Holly Rowe being on the WNBA broadcast. Mm -hmm. And folks, friends, compadres, compatriots, if you are not watching the WNBA playoffs right now, there's something wrong with you because the basketball is awesome. It's very good. Watch it. And you get it, you know, Holly Rowe's been on the broadcast. You know, you want to support our girl. Yeah, we definitely want to support Holly follow along with the WNBA. The playoffs are great. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Always a pleasure.